Hey friends, welcome to Wild Hearts with Janine. I'm Janine, the host of this podcast, and wow, what a time to be alive. I don't know where you are or what you're doing. Well, actually, you probably are sitting at home, working from home, or watching Netflix, or chilling because of social distancing and everything that's going on in the world right now. And if you're listening to this in the future and not in the week that it came out, we're currently in the middle of coronavirus outbreak and uh, much of the country has been asked to social distance, some even social isolate or shelter in place. And wow, it is a weird time. But that being said, I thought it would be really fun to have my friend Lauren on the podcast today. She is one of the best readers I know. And I don't know if best is even the right word to use here, but she reads so much, like so many books a year, so many pages, so many different kinds of books. It's honestly super inspiring for someone like me who does really love to read, but has a hard time doing it. So I don't know. I'm going to stop rambling. Let me just get you guys to meet Lauren. Lauren, say hi. Hi. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here. This is my first podcast. Yay. Well, we are so glad to have you on Wild Hearts. It's going to be a lot of fun. Before we get into our topic today, which is why you should be reading more, why all of us should be reading more, I would love for you to take a few minutes to introduce yourself, maybe share who you are, uh, how old you are, where you live, um, and a fun fact, and anything else you feel like sharing. Yeah, so my name is Lauren McHugh. I live in Franklin, Tennessee with my husband of almost four years, which is wild. I am 25, and I'm a transplant from Michigan. We moved here um, four years ago, and I'm so glad I live here. I love Middle Tennessee just so much. I work at Crosspoint, which is a multi-site church. I do local good, which basically means like local missions. And I work with our nonprofits and volunteers. And I'm also on contract with our next gen team doing social media. That is amazing. How long have you been working there? It'll be two years in April. Wow. That's crazy. It is. That's gone by very quickly. (laughs) Everything's going by quickly except for the past month. Yes. Right. (laughs) Well, how do we know each other? I want to hear this story from your perspective. Yes. So before I moved here, I got coffee with my friend, Annie Wiltz. And Mm. she's like, oh, you're moving to Nashville. You should follow my friend Janine. And I started following you and you followed me back. I think I must have messaged you. And you said, let me know when you move down here and we'll get coffee. And our first coffee date was at Crema. And I think I think it lasted like a solid three and a half hours. Wow. I feel like we were there for a while. Yeah, that's kind of become a pattern in my life, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Not too oddly, like more and more. Mm -hmm. So my best friends are people I met online, which our parents hate that. (laughs) But also our parents don't understand because the internet in 2000 now is so different than it was in like the 90s. Oh, (laughs) Oh, when I went to go visit in person our mutual friend Rachel Dawson Mm -hmm. my parents asked me my dad's also a cop Mm -hmm. he asked me so many questions about like how do I know where I'm going and like am I gonna be safe Mm -hmm. and I'm like trust me dad it's gonna be fine Mm -hmm. well if it makes you feel better I didn't tell when I went to Europe the first time I actually stayed uh with a couple girls that had reached out to me that lived abroad um, they were like, Hey, if you're coming through, you know, Verona or Leon and you want somewhere to stay, you can stay with me. And so I did. Um, I mean, I communicated with them beforehand, but right. I didn't tell, I don't think, I don't think it was intentional, 
But the people I was living with who are kind of like a second set of parents, they didn't know that I had stayed with people that I basically met through the internet. And they were like, you did what? And I was like, it was fine. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. I mean, discernment is really key, but. <laughs> yes, truly. So we met through social media slash through a mutual friend who I also know through blogging. Four years ago. Yeah, four years four ago? Years ago. I know. What? You know, like the old saying when our parents used to tell us, you know, enjoy, enjoy childhood because when you get older, it goes by so quickly. And all of us were like, whatever. And now we're like, yeah. oh, wait, they were right. You were unfortunately. <laughs> it's terrifying. I'm only 30 and I'm like, if it's this bad now, it's, and <laughs> is it going to get worse? Oh, no. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, one more question before we hop into our topic. What is your favorite place you've ever been or a place you're hoping to go? <gasps> oh, I just had yeah, a realization. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were supposed to go to Italy in May. Um, oh, no. We haven't officially canceled, but the likelihood is that we'll be canceling. We're just waiting until the last minute mm-hmm. just in case a miracle happens. But yeah, we were going to uh, Lake Como and Florence and Cinque Terre with some friends in the first week of May, mm-hmm. second week of May. Don't think that's going to happen, but that is my dream place. It will happen. It's still going to be there. I had lots of time to come to terms with it, and it's going to be okay. Oh, my gosh. So that's a place you're hoping to go. <laughs> yes. The other place I've been to is we did get to go to Oahu in January, and that was – That trip looked amazing. It was so great. I ate lots of really good Yeah, food. and it was a redemptive trip for you. It was a redemptive trip. Quick backstory, we did our big debt-free belated honeymoon trip to Kauai in August of 18, and the first hurricane in 26 years decided to hit the week we went. Now, Kauai didn't actually get hit, Mm -hmm. but it did rain for three days straight, which people are like, that doesn't happen in Hawaii. And so we ditched that and went to Huntington Beach in California, and that was awesome. There you go. Well, I hope that sooner rather than later you get to go to Italy because it is amazing. Um, I can also commiserate. I was, I am still supposed to go to Canada in May, go to Banff with a group of girls. Mm-hmm. Um, a group of girls, actually, that all uh, I only know from Instagram. So <laughs> mm-hmm. let's let's tie that all together. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and assume, just to play it safe, it's probably going to also get canceled because of all of this well, craziness. it's just a more comfortable, not comfortable. It's just a way to help yourself get to terms with the possibility of it happening. Yeah. Therefore, if it does happen, you're like, great. Mm-hmm. It's a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. But <laughs> it's setting yourself up for complete and total Totally. Totally. Oh, man. Well, so Oahu is a great place you have been that you loved yeah. and then you're hoping to get to Italy. When yeah. you go, oh, I probably have given you recommendations already, but if you oh, need yes. more. They're on my Okay, good. (laughs) Your spreadsheet. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Well, let's get into our topic. And that is why we should all be reading more. Um, You are definitely, definitely one of the most avid readers I know. Why do you love reading so much? This is like the hardest, best question to ask any bookworm. Um, But there's just something about reading for me that A, it's always been a part of who I am. I've always, Mm. always been a reader. I could start reading when I was like four or five. My mom said Mm -hmm. that I just read. She didn't teach me. I could just read. And because of that, I epically failed phonics. And she was very concerned about that. But my teacher's like, she can read. She's fine. 
Um, but for me, I just there's something about reading where you can pick up a book and you could be in Paris or pick up another book and you're in a fantasy world or pick up another book and you're reading about somebody's life that's so different than yours. It's just mm. a way that you can be transported and you can learn at any moment at time. And it's also for me, it's escapism. Life is, mm-hmm. especially right now, hard enough. And reading just lets you disconnect from the world in a way, especially for me, fiction. Um, mm-hmm. And then with nonfiction, maybe reconnect to the world in a different way. And I think reading and books are art and art is important. Oh, I love that. What are some of your favorite kinds of books to read and why? This is an ever-changing question for me. I used to be a strictly uh, (laughs) literary fiction, which is hard to describe. I even Googled it just to make sure. And they're like, well, it's kind of general, but it's just general fiction. Um, And classics were my two Mm. big genres that I read a lot of. I was a classic nerd in high school. I had an English teacher that Mm -hmm. really pushed me. So I've read most every classic. I wish I was exaggerating. Um, And then, but lately... Because of the greatness that is Bookstagram, which is a normal Instagram account, but just focused on books. Of which you have one. Of which I do have one. Which we will link in the show notes, everyone. Go follow her. Yeah, it's so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really been into romance and young mm-hmm. adult fantasy, which if you had told me that a couple of years ago, I would have scoffed at. Because <laughs> in my head, they were this one thing. And then when you read them, they're a whole different other thing. Mm. Um, but I also love historical fiction. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'll read anything, honestly. I'll try almost anything. Okay. Uh, curveball question. What are like by title? What are some of your favorite books of all time? My favorite book of all time. This is, I was kind of prepared for this question. Um, (laughs) my favorite book of all time is the Count of Monte Cristo. If Mm. you know me in the book world at all, you're rolling your eyes because I talk about all the time. It is a very big book. Um, I first read it in eighth grade, then I read it in 12th grade, 10th grade, 12th grade, and in college. But it's a book that has everything. And if you've seen the movie, the movie is terrible. And it is not like the book whatsoever. I have very strong feelings about that too. But it's, it has intrigue and mystery and suspense and revenge and romance and it has everything. And I love it. I don't know anything about The Count of Monte Cristo. Well, that's good. I'd rather have somebody go in with a blind notion of it than going in with like, oh, I liked the movie in such a meticulously powerful jerk way. It's great. And every, because it's so big, every time I read it, I discover like a different plot point or a different curveball I didn't see last time. And it's great. (laughs) Other books I love, Pride and Prejudice, because I'm basic like that. Um, (laughs) Hearts Invisible Furies. Um, The Woman in White, Red Tent, Language of Flowers. I'm going through my spreadsheet right now. Uh, the Pillars of the Earth. Wait, do you keep a spreadsheet of all the books you've read? Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. How many books have you read? Um, let me scroll. This is just known books. I'm sure there are more from childhood that I've read that I don't realize, mm-hmm. but we're at uh, 586. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's and crazy. I know. I know. That's amazing. I just, I just really love books. Like there's just something about them that feels so closely tied just to my life. Like, oh. Mm. Do you find that particularly with fiction, 
Do you love just getting to immerse yourself in another world? Maybe not like science fiction-y, but like someone else's world. Yeah, there's just something about coming home at the end of a day where I worked a lot or, you know, in ministry, you're dealing with what one leader told our staff, like the tsunami of human need. Mm -hmm. And you just get to come home and sit somewhere comfy and immerse yourself Mm -hmm. in something else that's not real life. See, this is why I think this is such a great topic to be putting uh, Mm -hmm. for a podcast episode to be putting out into the world right now, because we are all finding ourselves with more time than we've ever had. And in, in a lot of ways, less excuses apart from like our phones and televisions and things like that. We have way less distractions because we're not running off to be places. I'm not saying this is great because it's not, it's hard. What we're, what we're living through right now is very strange. Um, but if you're looking for silver linings, one of them is, wow, we all probably have books on our nightstands or on our bookshelves that we bought years ago or maybe last week that we have been meaning to pick up and read Mm -hmm. and just haven't quote unquote had the time yet for. Um, And now we have all this time on our hands and, you know, we're trying to find ways to stay engaged with the world. So what a better thing to do than pick up those books you've been meaning to read. Yes. And amen. (laughs) Well, you are a very fast reader. Mm -hmm. What is your secret to reading as quickly as you do? Please tell us everything. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I want to be careful how I word this because I don't think that quick reading is better reading. Mm-hmm. I fully believe that reading is reading. This also includes audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that any form of reading in whether it's fiction or self-help is self-care and it is soul care. And it's all those things that is redemptive to our life. So I want to, instead of reading quickly, here's how I read as much as I do. I read 92 books last year and over 30,000 pages. Um, I track my reading by pages instead of books because I found myself trying to sneak in like tinier books just to hit a goal and avoiding bigger books, which bigger books usually end up being more of my favorites. So I tracked that starting last year. Um, But for reading quickly, I have um, five main tips The first one is that as soon as you finish a book, have the next book ready. Hmm. So have that next book next to you or three books that you want to try a chapter from each. Just have a system ready because book slumps are real. Sometimes you'll read a book that's so good. You're like, how will I ever read a different book again? Hmm. And having that next book ready just really helps you get into that flow of reading. Hmm. Um, Don't always worry about reading for retention. Just enjoy the book you're reading. Hmm. Read what you like is number three. And then sprinkled in if you want to push yourself into new genres. If you're constantly just pushing yourself, pushing yourself, pushing yourself to read something challenging or new, or you're like, well, I don't know if I'll like this. There's nothing that's going to make you want to pick up that book. If it's something that you love or that you're finding yourself thinking about, that's going to really get you into that flow. Mm-hmm. Um, always, always carry a book with you. This is why e-readers are great for that. You throw them in your purse, throw them in your car, um, so you can have a book with you always. I have a Nook. Kindles are really popular. And also the great things about that is you can get them really cheap. So I only buy books on sale Mm. with those. And for the last one, as I've mentioned many times already, I believe in the power of tracking your reading life Mm -hmm. with my very detailed spreadsheet. 
Some people use Goodreads. There's other websites and apps that can track it for you. But I just think that tracking it, having a visual of seeing what you've accomplished, hashtag Enneagram free, um, <laughs> is so motivating. Mm. Like how much you write in a month or in a year just makes you want to read more and more and more. That's awesome. What are you reading right now? Right now I'm going for a comfort read. So I'm reading the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, I have an all-in-one. I just finished uh, Commonwealth by Ann Patchett mm-hmm. and my Oxford year, which was fine. Commonwealth was better. And then what's on your next list once you're done with the Chronicles of Narnia? Um, I don't really know yet, honestly. I Well, it helps that, helps that Narnia is seven books in one or whatever. <laughs> it truly does. I probably don't know. I'm thinking about... I mean, we'll see if it happens, but it, I would like to start rereading Harry Potter. It's been a while since I've gone through it chronologically. Um, Talker. <laughs> uh, because again, like I, yeah, I tend to pref- to pick a uh, nonfiction over fiction, mm-hmm. even a beloved series to me, I would still probably choose a nonfiction book. Um, but you know, such as the times, this might be uh, yes. a good season to do that in. So anyway, as we're talking about, fiction versus nonfiction let's let's dive a little deeper um in your experience does one of those types of books take more time to read than the other um and if so why yeah so for me personally um it does take me longer to read nonfiction I do want to retain that more and actually what I do is I have a notebook that is my nonfiction notebook where I write down quotes or practices or things that I like in those books, try to retain them more. So it naturally takes me longer to write those things down. Um, But I want to remember the important things from that book and go back to it. So I want to take my time with those. I can fly through fiction because I'm trying to enjoy myself and follow the plot of the story or get to know characters. And I don't feel like I have to sit there and remember all of this. Yeah. And like, I feel like with with most fiction, at least, you can speed read it a little more easily because if you miss one or two details along the way, they're probably not pivotal to the storyline. Um, right. And you could probably get away with kind of reading at a faster pace. But nonfiction, yeah, I want to absorb it. I want to understand mm-hmm. it. Um, and and I have like the worst memory. I just don't know why. Just it, it is my brain. And so even when I'm done with a book, this is going to sound really ridiculous. But when I'm done with a book, if I've highlighted it or made notes, I go through back through the book and like type out all my notes or anything that I highlighted. I type them into like a, a Google sheet or whatever. <laughs> because I think that's great. Is it? It's a really time consuming, which maybe is also why it takes me so long to read because it's almost like I'm doing it twice. No, totally. And that's why it takes me long with nonfiction too, because of my notebook. Mm-hmm. But like there's this book I read last year that my counselor recommended called Self Compassion, mm-hmm. and changed my life. Everybody should read it. Sincerely believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are very few books I'd recommend to everybody, but this is one of them. And I took copious amounts of notes during it, and I will go back and read those sometimes if I'm having a really off day and I'm in my own head a lot. I will go back and just read those notes mm-hmm. instead of reading the whole book again. So fiction is easy is probably easier for people to read more quickly than nonfiction is kind of the summation of that. So, I mean, it depends on the person. Like most yeah, that's things true. in life, and I also believe with reading, it's whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's your reading life. 
I do think that most people would probably agree, though, because the headier the book, the more that you're trying to really absorb and understand and comprehend, it's going to take longer because your brain is a little bit more engaged in that way. It has to be, right? Whereas fiction, you can learn a lot from fiction, too, um, but you're more along, you're along for the journey. Totally. Hmm. Yeah, I need to reread Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> well, in your opinion and from your experience, uh, what is like the best time of day to dive into a book? Um, again, this depends on the person. I was going to say, I ask this because I tend to find the time that I, I often will go to a book is at night, um, usually when I'm going to bed. But then the problem is then I fall asleep. I mean, that's fair. And then it's like the next night I have to start back over <laughs> because I lost my place. Yeah. Um, I wish this was me exaggerating. It is not. It happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think, again, it's just whatever works best for you. I also tend to read at night. Sometimes if I'm in a very disciplined mood, I will come home and I'll read when I get home from work right away and not sit mm-hmm. on the couch and watch Netflix or go on my phone. Um, even if it's just for 10, 15 minutes, I find it puts me in a better headspace for the rest of my night than mm. vegging out on Netflix. Do I do that more often? 100%. Um, <laughs> but if I'm in the middle of a good book, I'll be like at work, I'm like, oh, I want to get home to read. Mm-hmm. So I'll do that. I usually get, I read at night. Sometimes I'll read in the morning. I honestly try to sneak it in whenever I can. Do you, um, how many, oh, this is going to be a fun question because I feel like I know the answer, mm-hmm. uh, but nobody listening does. Um, how many books do you have on you at any given time? Oh, three. Yeah. And and your Nook. Correct. So you have, like, Nook is obviously unlimited books, but you yeah. essentially have four books on you at any given time. Pretty much, because I usually have, maybe it's two in my Nook. So I usually have a fiction, a nonfiction in my Nook. And then sometimes mm-hmm. I'll have a book I'm reading that I want to read for work or I want to read, um, like, a snippet of, or, no, it's probably four. So we're, we're back to four. Yeah, four is probably <laughs> a more accurate number. I've gotten to the point where I have a backpack for work and I'm wearing a tote bag because I want to have my notebooks and my books in my pen pouches in like their own home. That's amazing, but also sounds very heavy. It is, but <laughs> nerdy enough, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, you just mentioned Netflix, so that brings me to my next question. Um, how do you prioritize reading over other activities like watching TV or, I don't know, going down an Instagram black hole? <laughs> and uh, while you're reading, how do you avoid getting distracted by those things? Well, that's hard to answer because I love Netflix just as much as the other person, as any other person, and Instagram. And it's still a temptation for me. But you know, it's mid-late March, and I've already read 30 books this year. And I think it's simply because I want to. I make it a priority. You, you put it in when you can. You read it when you can. And you, it, it's just so many things I've already said. I feel like I'm repeating myself. But <laughs> find the things you like to read and come home and read at the end of the day. Or when you get up in the morning, just make the little things count. If you read 10 pages once a day for a week, that's 70 pages. And that's true. a good third of a book already. So it's set yourself up for success in it. And if you do get distracted, it's not the end of the world. The book's always going to be there unless it's due back at the library. Um, (laughs) But for me, honestly, a big motivator has been Bookstagram. Mm. 
seeing other people reading, seeing a community of readers and being motivated by talking about the book when I'm done is huge. Mm. And even if you don't have a bookstagram account, you can follow like the hashtags. Mm-hmm. You can follow other bookstagram accounts and it's so motivating. And there's accountability there too in a lot of ways. Totally. In like every way because I have quite a few followers that aren't bookstagram people. And when I'm reading a book, mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, I'm in the middle of this book. And I'll be like, oh, how is it? Have you finished it yet? How is it? Have you reviewed it yet? Can you review it? <laughs> and I love that. It's like, okay, I need to actually get this book done mm-hmm. instead of sitting on bookstagram, mm-hmm. just seeing what everybody else is reading. Mm-hmm. But if you think I read a lot, mm-hmm. like these people on bookstagram put me to shame. I read a ton. And it's all kinds of books, right? Fiction, nonfiction, all sorts of. Everything. Children's books, yeah. fantasy books, sci-fi, mm-hmm. women's lit pure like romance books like the whole gamut I would have never read romance if it wasn't for bookstagram Hmm. that's so interesting the way that that could influence you to do things you wouldn't have done otherwise yes but romance has become such a fun part of my reading life I love that so yeah for context everyone bookstagram it's just a sub culture of instagram where people who probably have their own normal you know personal profiles instagram profiles Mm -hmm. have also created book profiles where they talk about and share all the books that they're reading and they rate them and there's like a whole community in this subculture oh it is extreme like I made one because our again mutual friend Rachel did mm-hmm. and she had one for years before me and I was like do I need to do this she said yes mm-hmm. and it had become at a really good time in my life because after college it's hard to read in college and so afterwards I was like oh, books I missed you and it took me a couple years after that but I the first year after college, I read over 100 books because Jeez. it felt like I was getting part of my life back huh. and I got to catch up on a lot. But then I got a quote-unquote big girl job and it became hard to make it a priority. But Bookstagram helped me make it a priority again and have the biggest parts been the community. Like I have legit friends there who I text with now and FaceTime mm-hmm. with and talk about more than just books but obviously the book component is huge that's so cool I love that I love it I love that Instagram can there just that there can be subcultures like that for so many different things and you therefore have an opportunity to connect with people you might not have otherwise totally cool and people from all over the world right I I I love that because I get to see what people in Nigeria are reading or Australia are Mm -hmm. reading and the book covers in the UK and the bookstores across the world and it just opens your mind up to all these different, not only places people read, mm-hmm. but the authors they're reading and the issues that they're reading about and the things that matter to them as people. So cool. I love it. Okay. Well, why do you think that everyone, um, but particularly everyone who's listening, should spend more time reading? I think the biggest one right now for in this very weird phase of life that we're in mm-hmm. is that reading can make us feel less alone. Mm. I know that when I, there are book characters that if you're a book nerd like me, they feel like your friends. They feel like people you can go back to and read again. I know, again, I'm in a phase of rereading because I just want a good comfort read. Mm -hmm. And I know who I can go to during this time. It's going to cheer me up. It's going to make me feel better. Um, I truly believe that books, like most art, has the ability to change our lives. Mm -hmm. There are issues I care about, um, things I believe things that practice I've taken into my own life that I only have because of books. 
Um, it helps us try new things. It helps us uh, with our anxieties. I know that when I'm feeling especially anxious and I go into a book, I can feel my brain begin to slow down. I can feel it connecting to something other than its own thoughts. Mm. Um, and I think it just can help change our minds on issues and people groups, and it just can give us more humanity. And also it's really fun. It is really, I think it's really need, fun. <laughs> I personally struggle with fun. I have a whole thing on my blog where I'm trying to do more fun things this year. Mm-hmm. That's on pause right now due to being quarantined. <laughs> um, but I just think we all need more fun in our life. And I think that reading a, a book that you enjoy, there's nothing like it. Uh, what, what advice do you have for people wanting to read more? Um, and what about those of us who want to retain what they're reading better, which is 100% me? Okay, so the first one, if you just want to read more, if you are somebody who would not consider themselves a reader, I fully believe that every single person is a reader. They just don't know what they like to read. So if you're in that camp, I would suggest going to a bookstore or going to a library and asking a bookseller or a librarian their advice. Give, ask them or tell them what TV shows you like, what movies you like, and ask them to give you a recommendation based off of that. That's my favorite question to ask uh, booksellers about going to a bookstore. My favorite question to ask is, what book do you recommend that you don't think gets talked about enough? Oh, good question. I started doing that um, a couple years ago, and it's led to some really fun reads. Um, a lot of them still on my TBR because they are so outside my genre. I normally read um, and my normal taste, but I'm going to try them eventually. Um, if you do know what you like to read and just are struggling to get into the rhythm of it and you have the time, I know everybody's schedules are different. Maybe just pick 30 minutes. Start with one time a week. You know, Say it's Wednesday nights from 7 to 7.30. You are going to read mm. and just do it. Just do it. I almost promise you you that if you like the book, you're going to read it more. Mm-hmm. But give yourself grace and just find a little allotment of time. Um, if you want to retain more, go back to whatever you did in school to study and to learn and do that. So for me, it was writing notes. Yeah. So that's why I have my notebook and I write stuff down. As I think that we enjoy sometimes the school stuff as adults because we don't have to do it we get to do it Mm. so maybe unearth some of that that you did Um, but also don't feel the pressure to have to retain everything we have these great things called phones that can look up anything at any time Mm -hmm. so if you just remember oh hey I really liked what that one book said you can look it up like it's not the end of the world if you don't retain something I used to have this very high and mighty view of retaining like I wish I was this person that could just pull a quip out of my head and wax poetically about a subject but there are (laughs) lots of things in my brain and that's not always one of them so I think it's okay to have grace for yourself and if you're not a person that naturally attains like please feel free to work on it Mm -hmm. but also give yourself grace that it doesn't have to be you always Mm. I wish you could have seen the face I made when you said (laughs) do what you did in school and I'm like I don't remember what I did (laughs) when I did first. I didn't remember. And then once I did, I was like, wait, I don't want to do that. Cause I was like, like a furious note taker and it was a lot of time and work, but for the books that are worth it, you know, it's, it's then, you know, for the books that are going to be life changing or, you know, 
open your mind to new to new things. It's it's worth spending the time on doing. Totally. If you just take the principle of it and scale it down to where it fits into your life as an adult, (laughs) I think that's right right there because we have a lot less time as adults. Yeah, we can just take that principle. Like again, I just they are scribbled notes. They are not pretty. but there's something I can go back to. And I'm like, oh, yes, I did read that. I remember that. I'm going to take that practice into my life now. Interesting. Yeah. When I would say just to tag on, if you're, if, you know, if we have people listening, you know, within the context of being self isolated or self uh, distanced during coronavirus outbreak, and you're not able to go to a bookstore or the library, Google, it can be your best friend when you're trying mm-hmm. to find a good book that can tie in with your um, interests. Right. Yeah, totally. And you can, even if you just have your phone or an iPad, you can download the Kindle app mm. and you can read from there and you can buy books there. Um, and even Overdrive or Libby, you can get books from your library digitally. Yep. Um, there's lots of different options. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do rent. Rent? Yeah, I guess you rent books from the library. I Borrow? <laughs> There you go. I don't know what the appropriate term is, uh, but I use Overdrive with my Kindle, and I'll I'll borrow books from the library from time to time. But also, a lot of books bookstores are doing deliveries or local deliveries. Oh. And it's a really important time to support your library. So like, I just bought three books from Parnassus this morning, mm-hmm. which is a local Nashville bookstore, and they're going to ship it via media mail, and I'll be here in two to five days. Oh, that's great! I didn't know that. How wonderful! Yeah, so just check out your local bookstores. Normally, I I cannot suggest enough to not buy books from Amazon and buy them from local bookstores because not only are you supporting a small business, but you are going to get so much more personalized recommendations Mm. and care and it helps authors just as much as it does from Amazon when you buy them locally. Awesome. Well, I was going to say, what book recommendations do you have for any of us listening right now? Um, Maybe for someone who likes, you know, a good fiction, a good Christian nonfiction or self-help nonfiction, like just give us a bunch of recommendations. Okay. I'm going to go for, I'm just, right now I'm currently looking at the books I've read this year alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go, if you want a good escapist read, I would go with the A Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Mass. It's YA fantasy. It is so fun. It takes you on so many twists and turns. It's a whole different world. So it has nothing to do with what we're going through right now. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. I've got those are actually the books I just ordered from Parnassus because my husband's going to read them mm-hmm. because I talked about them so much that he's like, <laughs> "Fine, I'll just read them because it sounds fun." Mm-hmm. Um, if you want a good, that's another YA book actually, which I didn't realize. That's, these are the only two YA I've read this year. But again, another good escapist is American Royals. It uh, projects that what if we didn't or we lost to the British and we stayed a monarchy oh, as America. Pride and Prejudice is just to me another nice little escapist read. Mm. It's it takes a bit to get into the language because it is from the 1800s, mm-hmm. but once you do, it's so fun. Mm-hmm. Um Christian nonfiction, I haven't read it yet. It's on my list. It might be a little too timely. Um, but there are Four books that came out in the past six months all about eliminating hurry and resting. Yes. And I haven't read them yet, but I'm going to eventually. There's The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. That one was pretty, um, I'm not going to say life-changing because it wasn't life-changing, but it was definitely eye-opening for me. I read it a few months ago. 
See, that's like exactly. my style of book. Those are ten. Those tend to be the kind of books that I read. Well, there's three more. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm wrong. To Hell with the Hustle by Jefferson Bethke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhythms of Renewal by Rebecca Lyons. And uh, When Less Becomes More. Mm. All of those books came out within such a quick time span together. It was so wild because they're all about the same thing. It was also really cool to see the authors promote each other and not mm. be a competition. Um, so those are four really, if you don't want to escape this, if you want to kind of lean into the times that we're in mm-hmm. and really learn from it, I think that would be a good one. Um, I could recommend books all day, but it's hard to do it because you, it's so generalized. You don't know people's tastes. I can, awesome. If anybody, sincerely, if anybody wants personalized recommendations, yeah, dude. DM me on my bookstagram account and I will hook you up. You heard it here, everyone. Just go ahead and message Lauren on uh, Instagram. We're linking her in the show notes so you can connect with her for some personalized recommendations. Lauren, this has been awesome and really um, eye-opening to me as someone who does really love reading but really struggles to prioritize the time. I, I almost said find the time, but that's really not what it is. It's just prioritization. Yeah. Um, and then who really does kind of take a while to get through a book, Partic- probably because I tend to read nonfiction and those take a little bit longer. Also, I'm encouraged to read some more nonfiction just for funsies. Yeah, and I just want people to feel freedom in their reading life. And Mm. if you read five books a year, if you read one book a year, if you read 200 books a year, you're a reader. Like You're reading. Mm. And that's that's what matters, I think, in the world is that we are going outside ourselves for a little bit and getting outside our own heads Mm -hmm. and reading a work of art that somebody has put into the world. Hmm. I love it. Good. Well, I have three more questions to kind of just round out this episode. I ask uh, every guest these three questions, so I'm excited to hear your answers. I don't know what you're going to say because we didn't talk about it beforehand. So um, knowing what you know now at 25? Yes. 25. Knowing what you know now at 25, what would you tell yourself at age 20? Gosh, 20, it feels, I know it's only five years, but it feels so long ago because I was in such a different place (laughs) in life. But I think that I would tell myself that life is going to look a lot like you thought it would in some ways and nothing like mm. it in some other ways. And that's a good thing. The mm. things that I weren't expecting have been so sweet. Some of them have been so hard. Some of them have been so good. Mm. And same thing with the things that I did expect. And I'm not in control, and but I am so loved. And that combination means that I'm going to be okay. Oh, I love that. I would tell myself that at 22, 20 as well. (laughs) (laughs) I need to tell myself that now for the next five years. I know, right? You should just write it down somewhere so you see it all the time. It'd be really good. Um, Well, who or what is inspiring you lately? Right right now, honestly, just where we live has been so inspiring. Um, Also in this time in our life, we have the coronavirus, but also Nashville was hit by a tornado two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And the work I do again in local missions and the amount of people that were so willing to volunteer and the amount of people that were so willing to be generous with their time and their money and their resources yeah. was, it made me emotional every single day of people's willingness yeah. and their generosity. And, you know, my kind of prayer coming out of that was, I want that to be our normal. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want a crisis to have to bring that out of people. I want to see that all the time. I saw people 
on Facebook being like, I have an extra bedroom or I have a rental property or I have this, like who needs that? And I want to see that all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. But just to see people step up like that has been and will continue to be an honor to be a small part of. That's amazing. And I totally agree. It's really, I mean, I think, um, you know, we're both not from Tennessee Mm -hmm. um, and neither of us have lived here. Like the last big thing was the flood of 2010. and so we haven't really seen the way that people step up um, in in face of crisis until the tornado happened. And it, you know, was a sweet reminder as to why Tennessee is called the volunteer state. Yeah. Um, and it like the fact that they had to turn people away from volunteering because there were too many. Like, that's amazing. Um, so anyway, I, I 100% in agreement with you on that. That's beautiful. I have a second, have a second person. I was going to say this because I need people to know about her more. Um, Chanel Miller. Oh, she yeah. wrote the book, Know My, My Name. Name. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, uh, the victim and the survivor and the most badass human ever. Mm-hmm. Um, remember the Brock Turner trial? Mm-hmm. Stanford. Uh, yeah. She was Emily Doe. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a book that. I went into it hearing that it was really good, mm-hmm. but you're not prepared for how good it is, no matter how many people tell you how good it is. She is yeah. a voice of our generation. I hate that this is how we got to hear her voice, um, but then to also see how she's using it. Mm-hmm. Her Instagram account is filled with these beautiful doodles and messages and love that she puts out into the world, and I just can't look up to her enough of what she's done with what's happened mm-hmm. to her and to project it as a light to the world. Yeah. That was a book that I did not fall asleep reading. That was a book that I yeah. read very quickly because it was so powerful and so engaging. Yeah. If you guys don't know, that was what, 2015, 2016. Um, it blew up on Buzzfeed. There was an article and it was like the fully written out letter that she at the time known as Emily Doe um, had written uh, to Brock Turner, um, and this was the Stanford rape case uh, mm-hmm. from about that time, that time period, and um, it went viral. And I mean, I, I remember reading it. I remember exactly where I was when I read it. And um, and then yeah, she finally decided to reveal her identity, and um, a few years ago, and has done really incredible things, um, speaking up for just advocating for victim mm-hmm. rights and. Um, it's really beautiful. And she wrote this amazing memoir, um, that everyone should read regardless of, you know, your age or your stage in life or your gender. Um, it's very powerful. And I think everybody should read that book. Maybe not like now. Yeah. It's, it's a little, it's a little bit on, it's a heavy book. Yeah. But when, when you feel in your spirit that you're, you're in a place where you could handle it, definitely pick it up. Yeah. Well, let's get into our last question, Lauren. Um, Because this podcast is called Wild Hearts with Janine, I love to ask guests um, this last one. So in your opinion, what makes someone a wild heart? I think it's someone who's willing to not go with a quote unquote normal way of doing things to find their own way, no matter how conventional or unconventional it may be. I was thinking about this for myself because I don't really think of myself as somebody who's like wild. I'm pretty boring. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I've always been like super big rule follower, but you know, I got married at 
21. And depending on who you talk to, that's either conventional or unconventional. (laughs) But, you know, we've tried to live our lives in a way that just makes sense for us. So a lot of times after you get married, people ask you, when are you having kids? When are you buying a house? And we're just taking our time with those things. And, you know, you and I have talked to this about before, like, you know, being debt free and just making decisions that to other people might not make sense, but to us and to our life, it is what's best for us. And Mm -hmm. we learn along the way and we don't always do things perfectly, but we learn a lesson from that. And I think just a wild heart is able to look at the world and look at yourself and realize that you're a part of the world. We don't do everything the world says. Mm. Yes. I love that. Just being, just like fully living in what, whatever your path currently looks like, um, whatever journey God has you on really girl. Cause I feel that, I mean, I've never felt, <laughs> I know I'm very aware that I'm single, um, <laughs> but probably no more than, than right now. <laughs> and yet as, as there are things that are hard about that, Um, particularly now when we are in this weird time where we're not really supposed to leave our houses, basically. Um, And I live by myself. Uh, There's also so much beauty in it. And being able to find the beauty and find the silver linings and um, like just see where God wants to show you and teach you and grow Mm -hmm. you is such a beautiful place to be. Yes, 100%. Yes. And that's the same thing when you're married. It's like... In, in a whole yes. different way because you're married and somebody's there to point out everything to you. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it's, it's great and terrible, especially when you're married to an Enneagram one <laughs> who he loves to make jokes about it because, you know, being quarantined together, he's like, you're going to make so many improvements in the next couple of weeks. Oh, Joking word. and being Come sarcastic. <laughs> I know. But it's just, he's just leaning into the stereotype about him. Yeah. That's I also think he's being partly serious. <laughs> well, I wish you luck in the next few weeks. <laughs> yeah, we'll have fun. Oh, Lauren, thank you so much for being willing to be on the podcast and share some of your heart and expertise around reading. Um, you're obviously a lover of reading. You're passionate about it. And it's obvious, too, that you are passionate about other people um, getting their noses into some books and, and finding stories and genres that engage them and make them excited. And, um, I'm just so grateful to have had you on the podcast. Even more than that though, I am so grateful to have you as a friend. I am so glad the internet brought us together for you. (laughs) Thanks for tuning into this episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. I hope that you guys learned as much as I did from Lauren and her wealth of knowledge when it comes to reading and some of those recommendations. If it went too quickly and you weren't able to write them all down, don't worry. I went ahead and put them all in the show notes. And while you're there, be sure to give Lauren a follow. And remember, she's open to any of you guys reaching out to her and asking for personalized recommendations for the next book that you should read. I hope that you guys are finding some comfort and some solace in this strange time of life And I hope that you're also building up that bookshelf over the next couple of weeks. I know I am. All right, guys, we will see you back here in two weeks. But until then, keep dreaming, seeking, and stepping out in faith. Bye.